モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. Hello and welcome to a, another episode, whatever we call these things, recording real to real capturing of our voices for something that we call the nichiest gaming podcast ever. I think that we call it the nichiest podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> But our show notes still say nichiest gaming podcast ever. <laughs> So, I don't even know the name of our own show. That's a great way to start this thing off.、Uh, but it's been a month. It's been a month since we were here last time, and I will explain why in a second. But before that, I would like to introduce my two fantastically wonderful, knowledgeable, and ever so lovely show hosts.、Uh, the first of which is Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. And the equally lovely and talented Brian. Hello, Brian. <laughs> Hello. And I am、uh, the unlovely and untalented one of the bunch. As always, <laughs> I am Shidoshi. Oh. <laughs>、um, so it is kind of my fault that we did not have a show last month、um, because I had to go to PAX East、uh, and then directly from PAX East because people hate us in the media. <laughs> we had to go straight to GDC. So for 10 days, I was in two cities. For a whirlwind tour of、uh, gaming stuff. So、uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was also very tiring, and that got in the way of our doing、uh, recordings of podcasting. And neither one of you went to either one of those, correct? No. No. Are you excited, though, Anne, that you will have a PAX Australia now? Oh, I couldn't say I'm personally very、oh. excited since I will not be attending.、Oh. But I guess it's a good thing. You know, more, more conventions over here is always good. And we don't really have any dedicated gaming conventions per se. So,、huh. yeah, as I say, I don't think Australia gets very much of anything. So it's kind of exciting that they're taking <laughs> packs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will be going to. Uh, general nerdy convention this weekend, which、um, Nintendo will be at, but it's not specifically for gaming. Oh, what are you going to? It's called Supernova. Actually, Supernova, I think, is how they, <laughs> how they pronounce it. But、um, yeah, it, it, it's like a nationwide thing, and so they'll have、um, them all year long in different cities. So they just had the Melbourne one last weekend, and now they're coming up to the Gold Coast this weekend. And it's just like, yeah, general nerdy geek culture. They've got, you know, famous guests like anybody from like the kind of sci fi TV shows will come by, or like cartoon artists, and then they get anime voice actors. And so it's really everything. And yeah, Nintendo's going to be there. So I decided I'd go and hang out with them. So is this, is this your first time going? or... Uh, actually, no, I went to 
uh, one last year. They had they have one in Brisbane, and then they have one in Gold Coast every six months. So it's you know every half of a year they're having another one. And so I went to the Brisbane one, and uh, but I was sick, so <laughs> I kind of left after about an hour because I just couldn't have any of it. You know when mm. you're sick, like yeah. conventions are the worst thing. So <laughs> yeah, so it'd be nice to go when I'm not sick. <laughs> And Brian, you have uh, PAX Prime up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Have you July. gone? Are you, are you no, going? No, um, I haven't gone. I'm going to try to go. It's always, uh, for some reason, it's always um, at a time when, you know, people are visiting or uh, we're going on vacation or something. So, and I think this year it's going to be at a bad time too, but I really want to go. This year is August 30th to September oh. 2nd. Well, that might be better. You should go. Well, if I can, <laughs> if I can get tickets, I'll probably go. I don't. I don't like um, Pax Prime as much as I like Pax East. Oh, but uh, I like. You know, I really like Pax. Um, I mean, it's it's a really really crazy show for me because not only do I go for work, but I also do panels the show as well. Yeah. So I have like two different things to do, but it's just really like a really cool atmosphere. Like I've I've been to anime conventions and stuff before. I just don't really get into those. But something about PAX is just it's everybody's around and and everyone's playing games and it's like the the one of the best times of the year to fill out your street passes on your 3DS mm. because you'll never find people otherwise. <laughs> right. Like like you you can you can seriously like you, you can have like 12 uh, puzzles like completely unfinished and you'll have them done by the time you've yeah you know done with the show <laughs> now you were you went to uh prime last year right yep yep yeah yeah i just like i liked i really really liked seattle it's just i there's something about the setup mm. for the location because like the boston convention center is really really easy to understand it's like an in and kind of like the big main show floor area is like just right directly in the middle and then everything's on the outsides of that. But the convention center they have in Seattle that they use uh, for PAX Prime, it just feels like it's too small for the event they're having. Yeah. And and there's all these different buildings that stuff is, is going on in. Yep. Yeah. I, I went to um, Comic-Con there last year, and <laughs> and there were certain things that I couldn't find because yeah. I just didn't know where the hell they were. Yeah something to look forward to <laughs> but no like i said you should really go if you have a chance well i, I mean uh i'm gonna try that's all I can say. it's it can be hard to get tickets to get in i think yeah. i think sunday's the easiest one to get Maybe. well I'd, I'd certainly i could only see myself going one day so i'm not really worried about you know having to get it for three days or however many days it is but right we'll see yeah you should go um but I wanted to ask about something else that happened recently, and I'm going to put Anne on the spot here because uh -oh. uh, there was, and she is going to be so wonderful as to help me with the name of what it was. Uh, there was a weekend game development jam for a huh. certain genre of gaming. Yes, that's right. Uh, it was uh, last weekend of uh, the Pulse Pounding Heart Stopping Dating Sim Jam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just uh, a really fun 
jam for everyone on the internet to join in and make whatever kind of dating sim they're capable of doing. So a lot of people made uh, Ren... How do you pronounce it? Ren P? Ren P? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ren P, I guess, is how you pronounce that dating sim uh, program. So a lot of people use that free program to make kind of visual novel type dating sims. Um, there's also Twine, which is, you know, text-based. So there were a lot of people doing that. And yes, I made one. <laughs> so I made a Twine game and it was my first ever game. So that was very exciting to do. But I, you know, dating sim is an interesting term because uh, even a lot of visual novels that have romantic elements, like say Hakuoki that came out in English, a lot of people might call that a dating sim, but I wouldn't really consider that a dating sim. So right. uh, um, <laughs> I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, was submitted to the jam wouldn't be specifically a dating sim if you sat everybody down and said okay what's our definition of dating sim but I like the idea that you know anybody can just do something that's maybe vaguely about the theme of romance and it just counted and you know dating sim was just an easy term to use yeah I was gonna to say that a label it, it was it was more kind of about games that were based around the idea of romance and and yeah and structured yeah. around something telling a story either giving the player uh, some kind of choice in how they progressed next or even just being a, you click enough things to progress the story, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what did you make and what was yours about? Well, as I said, I made a twine game and it's called The Tightrope Walker. And, um, well, I don't really like giving away too much about what it's about. Have you both played it? I I don't know if either of you played it. <laughs> I I haven't yet. I played this. Uh, I played the start of it. I not did not get all the way through it. Oh, the truth comes out. Yes. <laughs> Neither of you have played my game yet. No, that's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I wrote it about my experience being a PhD student, but I purposefully made it very broad and I tried to make it kind of a universal experience of how somebody juggles work commitments with a relationship and also tried to keep the idea of what kind of relationship it is broad. So really anybody, I hope anybody can relate to it. I know that I had to put some of myself in it to make it real and grounded in some way like there are a lot of references to coffee and somebody told me well you know this is basically my life but i don't drink coffee <laughs> that, so i have to substitute tea in there i but. think that's where i got stuck because i'm like i don't know what decision to make because i hate coffee so what do i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no you know like i was gonna say what was really interesting about it and um i did not finish mine but i was working on one um you kind of went the same route i did in the fact that you were um, you were very ambiguous about who you were and who your love interest was. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted it. I guess part of the inspiration for that was that I knew that weekend they're also having the quilt bag jam at MIT, which is, uh, I guess their theme was Gay Planet. So they were really interested in getting a lot of queer games. And I didn't feel that I could really make a game centered on queer themes but I really wanted 
to be able to include everybody and not have it feel like, you know, this is a game about a girl and a boy or something, you know, like that. Yeah, and, and that's like like what I was kind of running into, and I'm sure you did this too, is is when you're writing the text for this game, how, how, do you, how you write it in a way that's not going to um, gender a character, you know, or, or give, because mm. I didn't even want to say like, okay, you know, is this, is the love interest tall, skinny, you know, uh, uh, yeah. uh, redhead, uh, blonde, um, muscular, you know, overweight. I didn't, I didn't even want to get into that, that, that kind of stuff, but it's, it's very interesting mm-hmm. then trying to figure out how you write the text in a way that you can get around those kind of natural descriptions that we, we bring up as wanting to use. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, mine, I I didn't even want any kind of de- gender descriptors. So I just referred to the partner as the partner yeah. or your partner throughout the whole thing. Uh, and yeah, I kept mine very vague and abstract. So I didn't really talk about any physical features or anything like that. But yeah, I can see how that'd be a problem if you wanted to kind of focus on the writing and for focus on creating sort of a scene you know it's hard to do that so was this the first time you ever because um so you use twine and i was actually using twine as well and twine's this interesting program where you kind of you make a box and you say this is uh this is this part of the game and then you write your text into the box and then you say this box is now going to connect to this box and this box depending on which choice the player makes and so you're almost making kind of like a a a flow chartish kind of thing as to how these boxes connect. Um, and then it outputs it as in a HTML file that you can run in any web browser. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So was this the first time you'd ever used twine to make something like this? Yep. Yep. And how, how did you find um, the difficulty was in, in making what you made? Uh, well, I'd say I know absolutely nothing about programming or even barely basic HTML. So for somebody that knows nothing about any of these things, I still thought it was very easy to use. Um, I did you I did read over Anna Anthropy's guide. She has a, a short guide on her website um, to get you started, but just very basic, you know, okay, so you make this box and then you have to put brackets around this word to get it to make a link. And it's just very simple things that I probably you know, maybe spent 30 minutes reading up on it and then just dived in and uh, kind of worked with the program as I was writing and didn't have any problems at all making it work, actually. So I thought it was quite easy. Yeah. My my problem was, and, and I had stuff I had to do for work, so I, I was like, I, I don't want to even start this because I know <laughs> I'll get sucked in into doing it. But then I downloaded that stupid Twine thing and started playing <laughs> with it. But... The problem I ran into was all of a sudden I, I find out, I mean, all of a sudden I, I realized that in, in my game, um, so my, just to set up the premise just very quickly is that uh, you're at the train station, you're waiting for your train and you look across the platform and you see like the most beautiful person you've ever seen in your entire life. And the, the, it's the game is how, how do you, how do you talk to that person before their train comes? And you have two minutes before that their train comes. Um, so mm-hmm. everything you do in the, in the game, it takes time away f- from that mm-hmm. counter. So all of a sudden I have this, this time counter where I have to keep track of how much, 
how many seconds you have left and, and how many seconds each action takes. And then all of a sudden I'm building this inventory system where you can get items and you can use items and, and you, you know, do you have this item for this part and what happens if you do and don't. And so I did the exact thing you should never do when you're trying to make your first project like this. I, I totally overcomplicated it to a ridiculous degree. And so I got like a lot of the structure working and then I realized I just had no time to actually make a story, which was the important part of this whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. I, I, yeah, purposefully kept mine very, very simple. And I don't even know how you would do that sort of stuff in Twine. So I'd be very interested to see what what approach you took with it. Are you planning on finishing it? Sometime? Yes, I guess I, I do. I do want to finish it. But yeah, I, I, I started wondering if I was doing things that you weren't supposed to do with it. <laughs> because, um, but no, it was it was fun and like I I really want to sit down one day soon and go through all the games because there was this great web page where you can browse all the games that were made for it and all the games that were submitted and it's just it was really really interesting seeing like what direction you know people came at this idea at and you know like if you just say okay spend a couple hours make a dating sim like what does that mean to somebody and what what, what are they going to mm. create from that so it was really interesting yeah there i mean there were something like 80 games submitted and all of them are so interesting i played you know a handful but they're uh, the, one of them uh jurassic heart i did play that picked, yes yeah that that one you know is quite quirky you know and it's just one scenario really just you dating well not really dating but you know you want to fall in love with this t-rex and help him <laughs> achieve his dream of playing the ukulele i guess <laughs> but um it's just so quirky and endearing and all of these big websites picked it up and are running news stories about it you know and it's quite interesting to see uh, just the breadth and styles and quality that came out over just two days yep yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was kind of cool. And uh, if you want to check that out, let's see. How are we going to find that? Pulse, hounding, uh, dating, sim, jam. So I can find the web page. Um, I should have looked this up already before we started this. Okay, it's <laughs> you're, I'm never going to tell you this URL. So, <laughs> so just do this. Go on the intranets, go on the Googles, and type... Pulse pounding dating sim jam, and you you will find it. So yes, uh, and I've written a bunch about it on my blog as well. So yes, can you can go to chickpixel.blogspot.com. Yep, and on April fourth, Anne has a little write up about it. So, um, but I think we should get on to some news stuff. Because there's, there's been some interesting things, and I'm going to kick this off because, um, speaking of things that are near and dear to my heart, uh, the PSP. We are still getting PSP games. <laughs> oh my god, they will not stop. Um, the first we talk about is Class of Heroes Two, which, if I'm not mistaken, this is the game that uh, not too long ago we had a Kickstarter for to try to get the full physical release. Was that that was Classic Heroes two, right? Well, yes, yes, but it didn't work out. Yep. Um, but Brian, I think I think you've kind of kept up with this. So, what's going on with the game? Uh, well, so they had um, 
I don't even know what you would consider it. They they had a sign up for people to show their interest in a physical release, and they got enough people to sign up for it and show interest. And then ever since then, it's just fallen off the face of the earth. Although from what I've heard, there have been some issues with. I think they like re-recorded the theme song um, and submitted it to Sony and got approval. But then the the uh, company they needed the rights for the theme song must have found it objectionable or something. Um, so the last I've read online was that they're still dealing with that. So who knows when it's going to come out. And um, I cannot say I'm completely surprised. <laughs> this is coming from Victor Ireland. I know. Who back in the day was the main guy at Working Designs. And that company was notorious for this kind of stuff. I know. And I really, he, it's funny because on, uh, online he kept saying, you know, this wasn't going to be the case this time. <laughs> and for some stupid reason, I believed him. But I don't know. Yes. I'm still going to buy it, I think, when it comes out. But I'm starting to forget about it. Like, I uh, I'll move on to something else. We'll see. I'm I'm really torn because, like, I probably really wants to just buy up all these really crazy niche uh, PSP, like, UMD physical releases. But I just, like, I... I... Yeah. I don't need more stuff. <laughs> well, and, you're, and at some point you're thinking, is it just going to like, I'm just going to buy it, throw it on, on the, yep. the you know, against the wall and it's just going to sit there. That's what I'm worried is going to happen. So I'm going to spend $30 and it's just going to sit there. Well, I, I think that if you're just buying games to throw against the wall, I think it's a <laughs> problem in the first place. But, um, but however... Even more exciting. Well, this is just like crazy exciting roller coaster here going up and up and up. Uh, Black Rock Shooter actually does still exist. And we're finally getting it. We're finally getting the US version of Black Rock Shooter on April 23rd. Uh, unfortunately, there will be no physical release for that, but um, you'll be able to get it from PSN. And then I'm sure. Hopefully, I I'll just say hopefully, uh, it'll be Vita compatible the day it comes out. But um, like that was a game that we did think was just, like never going to come out over here because yeah. it was announced a long time ago. Mm. But that is still coming from NIS, and that's 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 so happy. Um, and then, oh my god, <laughs> crazy announcement! We are getting another like. Releasing PSP games at this point is is just not niche enough, you know. Like like, they're <laughs> like, no, no, this this that's too mainstream for that. So what we're gonna do is we are gonna once again, and this is Axis, we're gonna once again release an Otome PSP game in English because we want to make certain that nobody buys this game. <laughs> um, but th this is really exciting because it's Sweet Fuse at your side which is, of course, Bakudan Handan. Um, this is the PSP game, and yes, this is a real thing, where you play the niece of legendary game designer... Uh, oh my god, I'm suddenly blind on his first name. Inafune. Oh. Keiji. Keiji Inafune. Keiji. <laughs> yes. Who, uh, back in the day, worked on Resident Evil, Mega Man, tons of other stuff. So, you play his niece... And there's this crazy amusement park thing, and the art is all done by the artist who did the Phoenix Wright games. And this looks 
super exciting. Yeah. And are you excited? Because I don't. You don't sound very excited. <laughs> oh, I'm totally excited. Yes. She's so excited she can't talk. I said, I yeah, I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, well, just, yeah. Like, how is this game coming out over here? I don't. You know what though? I love this kind of stuff because it gives hope to really any system. I mean, if the PSP can still be getting releases, and it was like, when was the last time the PSP was ever relevant in this country? Anyway, I don't know. I love it. I'm buying at least two of them. <laughs> yeah and i mean like this you know what I, I think this is what you do with the psp and this is what it became and that this is why i love it so much is because yeah. it came a system where it's like you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna try to get you know the madden players the call of duty players we're gonna release these ridiculously crazy games we're gonna release fifty thousand copies of them you know we'll make money off of that and the people are hardcore fans will buy them and that's that's that yeah and I, if I'm not mistaken, this is actually getting a physical release. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, so... I've already pre-ordered, and I barely ever pre-order anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Axis, you are so crazy. Insane. Well, you know, this is good because they did also just release that... Um... Hakuoki game that was horrible. Yeah. Oh, right. So they really need to redeem themselves because I'm very upset about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was also a physical release just ooh, in March. I think it just came out in March. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wait, um, so I want to so, ask both of you when does Sweet Fuse come out? Summer. Is what we know as of right now. Let me let me see if Amazon has a date. I don't think they do yet, but uh, oh no, Amazon is saying August twenty seventh. Oh, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, in two thousand thirteen, physical games are still coming out for the PSP in America, <laughs> and it's a dating, it's a, it's a Japanese dating sim targeted at women. That is the craziest thing in the world to me. <laughs> But no, this is, this looks interesting. I love the I love the art style. I love the goofiness of it. So, me too. It's cool, and I hope they do, I hope they keep doing this and release more. Um, I'm gonna also say real quick, just because. Uh, speaking of weird releases for portable Sony systems, uh, so recently, Atarie Aisha came out, which is the latest chapter of the Atarie series. You have like Atarie, Totori, Meruru, Rorona. Um, these games about alchemy and young girls making stuff. Um, so that came out, was it Was it last month? Yeah. For PS3. But then like, mm-hmm. so these games used to be handled by NIS America. But then Tecmo Koe purchased Gust from what I understand. And so now Tecmo Koe is handling the Atari games. And so Atari Aisha was the first Tecmo Koe release for the series. So that comes out in March for the PS3. You know, av- advertisements, everybody knows it's coming out, whatever. But then like the very next week, the Vita version of Atari Totori came out via PSN. And people knew the game was coming out basically the moment it hit the PlayStation Store. (laughs) There was no announcement. There was no talk about it. There was no press release. We had no idea they were even translating into English. We had 
no clue. It was like the craziest thing. And and it's it made me kind of sad just because, you know, like I said, like just almost like the previous week, the, the PS3 game had come out. So people were buying that and playing that and were expecting that. And then they just like kind of dumped the Vita version out there without any warning, without any planning or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there are other Japanese games that we are hopefully going to be getting. Uh, or that we do know we're going to be getting. And uh, Brian, do you want to tell us about some of those? <laughs> uh, so I'm guessing you're talking about 3DS games? Yes, yes. Um, well, so I'm guessing we're talking about the like rumors of uh, Bravely Default and Fantasy Life and uh, Sayonara... Uh, oh God, I don't even know how to say it properly. Umi Hara Okay. Yes. So, well, actually, I mean, that one's all been uh, all but been confirmed, hasn't it? I mean, basically. Uh, yeah, basically. So, personally, I hope they all come out. <laughs> Although I, I'm, I already have the Japanese uh, Umahara pre-ordered, so I'm keeping the Japanese one. But I hope for everybody else. So, Bravely Default. I mean, that we've been wondering that for a long time. If Square was going to bring it out here or not. You know, and there it goes back and forth about whether they mm. are or they aren't. Uh, mm. Rumors like, at this point, I guess, are kind of saying that they, it's looking better. But it's been a long time, Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Fantasy Life. You know, I played Fantasy Life at TGS, and I just was not impressed. Oh. But this is kind of like, uh, this is from Level 5, and it's, it's would you call it like a, a RPG meets meets animal crossing kind of thing i get i mean from what i've heard i haven't played it myself but that's what it sounds like i mean it's not exactly an animal crossing clone from what i've heard yeah There's i guess to it. i guess i'm just kind of I'm, I'm not it's maybe not that it's more like a open worldy rpg yeah yeah um i guess i was thinking that there was more like social stuff in it but maybe there isn't uh i don't know i still I mean, based on what I've read of, read of it, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to think of it, but I still want to try it. I mean, it looks interesting. I'm game. <laughs> and then, of course, for this last one, uh, Sayonara Umihara Kawase, this is the easiest way to explain it. It's the girl with the fish grappling hook game, <laughs> if you've ever seen it. Um, I think it started back on the Super Nintendo was the first version. Yep. And then we got like PS1 versions and I know I've got the DS version and there was a PSP release. So it's kind of like a 2D side scroller platformer, but it's got a little bit of a bionic commando aspect to it. Um, you have a, it's basically a fishing line, right? Yeah. With a lure on it and the lure has a hook and you can hook the fishing lure into things and then swing her around and try to get up to the exit. Very, very uh, cult classic kind of series in Japan. But we've never gotten an official American release for any of the games. I I think it'll be an interesting one just in terms of... It's like one of those games that lots of people online seem to be interested in, but I'd still... I'm interested to see how many people actually buy it. Right. Especially what are they going to call it? How are they going to release it? I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting. 
And it doesn't help that it also, I don't know, Anne and I have talked about this a little bit, it's not exactly the prettiest game out there. Now, what do you, what do you think of the 3D version versus the 2D version? I don't know. I think it's ugly. And, and I, I didn't think that the Super Famicom or PlayStation versions were all that pretty. But they were, they were attractive on their own, I thought. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm kind of just hoping that once I see it in motion on my 3DS, I'll be like, oh, it's beautiful. Or, you know, it doesn't matter. It plays so well. <coughs> it just looks kind of like a generic PS2 game and not a good one. I don't know. It's, it's got a weird art style to me, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a super huge fan of the, the 3D graphics for this new version. I don't know. Anne, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I haven't played any of the games before. I only heard of the series relatively recently, actually. So uh, I only have an opinion just based on what I've seen of it. Um, and the 3D, 3DS version, yeah, just, I mean, looking at screenshots of it, I think that's not a game I would want to play because I, <laughs> you know, pick games that look appealing to me. That's part of the, you know, experience. And graphically, I just don't like the art direction, any of it. Uh, but I mean, so many people were talking about this series so fondly and, you know, I think, oh, well, the gameplay must be really good. So part of me wants to be enthusiastic for it. But <laughs> at this point, yeah, I, re I really don't care. But I'm happy if it does come out in English. Um, I do kind of wonder, like Brian said, how many people would really buy the game, though. It doesn't seem like a game that would do very well. Yeah. Maybe an eShop only release yeah. you know, would be out of the question, I guess. Yeah, I was just wondering that if it's gonna be eShop only. I mean I, I, I love I love the chance to buy like physical versions of some of these games, but sometimes it just makes much more sense just to release them uh digitally. And I mean I I, I feel like there wouldn't be a whole lot of text that would need to be translated for this game, so Yeah. I'd rather them take the chance and see, you know, if there's a market than not. So Yeah. Mm. Um, um, so Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Do we have any predictions for if any of these games will be announced there or anything? Uh, I I always leave my expectations low. <laughs> so you know, I'm expecting to hear about Animal Crossing. And Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. I don't know. I would. I hope some of these localizations are announced, but I'll believe it when I hear it. Do we? Do we even know if tomorrow's show is uh, 3DS or Wii U related? I'm not sure. I, I think they've said. Well, for the for the North American one, I think they've specifically called it 3DS. But oh, okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But now I'm hearing things like that. Uh, so there's, wait, are there two or are there three conferences happening? Like, is it North America, Europe, and Japan, or just two of the three? Do we know? <laughs> because I feel like that there was Japan and North America, and now we've got a Europe one. Uh, just recently they said there's going to be a third one, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe there's going to be some Wii U stuff as well. But <laughs> I think that's just stuff I heard in the last 24 there, hours. So yes, who there, knows? Are, there are three. So oh, the okay. Japanese one um, covers new information on the 3DS and, and first-party Wii U titles, uh, as well as next week's Wii U update. 
Um, the American one is 3DS. It says it will run simultaneously with the Japanese presentation. And then mm. Nintendo America one is Nintendo of Europe one is 3DS running simultaneously with the Japanese presentation. So it sounds like it sounds like we our Nintendo Directs are basically the Japanese Nintendo Direct, the hmm. 3DS portion. Mm. I have so, no idea. I don't I don't I don't know that I would expect any kind of well, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> You well, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if they're literally the same, then then we're not going to get any localization announcements. But well, or or maybe no, maybe I'm sorry. Maybe when it says it will run simultaneously with the Japanese presentation, maybe it's just the fact that they're they're going to be on at the same time. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Um. Yeah, I hope they announce something. <laughs> like why? Just uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I'll get mad. <laughs> I don't want to get mad. What? Yeah, I mean, certainly they're gonna have they're gonna have a Wii U one soon because I'm sure they're gonna release some horrible numbers in about a week and a half. So there's gonna be something coming out. But the 3DS, who knows? I don't know what the hell's going on with that company at this point. Well, another thing we're wondering about America and the Nintendo 3DS is uh, if any of us in the West are gonna get the Animal Crossing 3DS XL. <laughs> because there is uh, leaked information that European retailers will be getting the system. But the question is, will we? And my answer to that is probably no. Really? Well, I, I just feel like... I mean, don't you feel like Nintendo of Europe just <laughs> does so many more things than Nintendo of America does? Yes. Like that? Yes. Yeah, but in, you know, Europe got the Pikachu one, and then you you're getting that, right? Or did you get it with um? We uh, did the briefly. Mystery dungeon, right? <laughs> like like one day we had it on store shelves. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, Australia didn't get it at all, right? So we had to import from Europe if you wanted it here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think you guys are used to not getting anything down there. So <laughs> yeah, I guess it's expected. <laughs> you you know you're not loved. We we keep we still think yeah. we're loved. Yeah, you think you think you're gonna get something, and then Nintendo keeps disappointing you. Yeah, that's probably the worst. I think that's exactly how it is. <laughs> I um, I still, still, still have not played my XL. Really? Yeah. Well, I I will admit that I have not played it as much as I would have expected, but that's not because I don't like it. I'm just I, everything is still on my my original one, and I don't. I'm too lazy to move it. And that's the thing too is like I just I get so spoiled by other systems that actually work properly with that kind of stuff, you know, mm. where you can have your game on multiple systems. Like I, I just I just want two. I just want my digital yeah. games to be on two systems. Is all I want. Yeah. You know, because I, again, I will say it again. I I have all my games on my 3ds and. I want to try them all in my XL, but I have a lot of them digitally, so I don't know if I want to move them or not, and I can't try it unless I move them, and then if I'm not happy, I can't move them back easily. Yeah. But um, but I want to ask you guys about, now since we're on systems, um, the next generation of consoles. Because, you know, there's all this talk about does anybody want new systems? Does anybody want a new PlayStation or a new Xbox? 
Uh, and being that this is a podcast about the crazy niche games that are out there, you know, our opinions on that might be different than other people. Um, so, Anne, I want to start with you. What, you have, we, you know, we, we know some things about the PlayStation 4, but not everything. And we know some rumors about the next Xbox, but no actual facts. Uh, at this point, are you actually interested in either one of these? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I probably would have to say I was never ex- interested in anything Microsoft was doing, and I probably never will be. <laughs> so you could just, I, I don't even listen to what, you know, Microsoft says, honestly, except for just kind of trying to keep up with the news. And so I appear smart and know about, you know, what's going on in the world of video games. But I, it, aside from a few games that have come out on the 360, I've never really been interested in what they provide because I'm happy with my Sony stuff. Not that I'm a Sony fangirl or anything, but just... Yeah, don't need everything, so I just settle with PlayStation. But in terms of the PlayStation 4, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm happy with the stuff I have now, and there's so much that I haven't played, you know, that I don't even own yet, and there's so much that I already own that I should be playing <laughs> that I, I don't, I find it difficult to get excited to buy something new. I just, it, it's funny because the last couple of, things that came out I got on launch like I got the Vita on launch and I got the 3DS on launch uh, I didn't get the Wii U on launch but so yeah I was excited for those but well I don't know I think for me what sells me on a console in the end is going to be the game so if Sony comes out and says you know, here's a release date for The Last Guardian. It's coming out on this day for the PlayStation 4. I will probably go out and buy a PlayStation 4 <laughs> just so I can buy it. But, <laughs> I mean, aside from that, you know, it, it, yeah. I'm not the, the features sound very interesting, like the social integration and all that. But, eh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just so busy. <laughs> I don't have time for any more consoles. I don't know. What about you guys? Brian? Um... Well, let's see. Um, I'm always interested in any you know new announcement for a system, so I'm curious about them. Um, as to whether you know how interested I am in them or whether I'm going to buy them or not, I mean, certainly not at launch. Um, I don't know. I just feel like for me, everything's still up in the air. I think PS4 sounds cool. Um, some of the games they showed off during the presentation looked good, and some of them I thought, well, what's any different from a PS3 game for me? Um, I think I'm probably far more likely at this point to, like, pick up a PS3 cheap and buy a shitload of cheap PS3 games. Um, I, think but... I, think that, I think that's the first cussing we've ever had in this podcast. <laughs> I'm amazed. No, did we have one last episode and we were pointing fingers at Brian and we were like, how, how could Brian be the first person? Oh, that is right. I think this is his second offense. His dirty mouth is just sending this podcast. Well, you know, if, if uh, Skype was on all day, you'd hear a lot more. So, um, Anyway, I'm kind of like Anne. Like, uh, I feel like even though I'm, I, I will always pay attention to, you know, 
what even Microsoft is doing in the, the next Xbox, I can pretty much guarantee that the 360 was my one foray into the world of Xbox unless something drastic happens. Because um, I just don't, I mean, like, I know everybody talks about their Wii being their, their paperweight, but for me it's like the poor thing just sits there and collects dust, and I, I haven't turned it on in ages. I don't really like Microsoft as a company. I don't know why that matters, but for some reason it just affects how I, whether I want their systems or not. So I'm, I'm definitely going to pay attention to the PS4, and I'm interested in it, but um, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm fine with what I've got right now, and I'll wait and see. And like Anne, if, if, you know, if some amazing games are announced, fine. I will be far more interested. But at this point, it's just kind of like a... I don't want to say it's a pissing contest, but, you know, Microsoft and Sony love to talk about, you know, we have better graphics than they do, and that's all they're doing at this point. So until they actually show something, I don't know how interested I can really be. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, well, I, I really hate to turn this podcast into the Sony Lovers podcast, um, <laughs> but I, I definitely am PlayStation over Xbox. Um I mean, n not that I hate my Xbox 360. I, I definitely enjoy it. And I will, um, for means of work stuff, probably have the next Xbox as well. But um, I'm actually really excited for the PS4. Um, and not because of the power it's going to bring. I mean, that'll be nice too, just because, you know, I'd like to have games that don't have terrible frame rate or stuff like that. And hopefully that'll be better in the next system. But... Um, like Sony really went back and tried to, to fix all the problems they had with the PS3 and as far as development goes. So I'm really excited about that. I'm, I really am really interested in all the social stuff. Like, I love the idea that I'll be able to just go on and, and if my friend's playing a game, I can just watch them play the game, you know, or if I'm playing some game myself and something really neat happens, I can stop it and you know, take a video of what just happened and put it on YouTube. I like, I like that kind of stuff, that kind of social aspect to everything. Um, and I just kind of like, you know, at a certain point, just having this refresh, you know, just say, okay, we're going to just start over. It's a blank slate, you know, all the, the way online works, the way our shop works, the way your account works, we're going to just refresh it all, you know, and try to make it better than what we had last time. So I kind of like that idea. And one of the things that I think does connect to us that I'm really excited by is Sony recently announced that they are no longer going to approve or disapprove game based on the concept, which is oh. a huge, which is a huge deal. So basically before, um, and a game that I have been playing recently is soul hackers and Sony back in the day told Atlas they did not want Soul Hackers to come out in America. They just did not approve of the the game for whatever reason. Uh, not because the game was broken or that it was a really really bad playing game. They just they said we don't want the, we don't necessarily aren't interested in having that game come out in North America on our system. So companies, you know, Microsoft does it, Nintendo does it. They they'll they might say, you know, oh we don't really like the idea of this game. So we're not, we don't really want you to publish it. Uh, and that's happened, you know, even this last generation. That's, that's why you ended up seeing so many shooter games like, you know, the, the shooting games from Cave or, um, you know, the Dodonpachi or the Death Smiles or whatever. Like a lot of those games came out on the Xbox 360 because Sony didn't 
care or they had something for some reason they were just not up with the idea of these shooters being on their system well now Sony has come out and said that we are getting rid of the entire process of us approving the concept of games so you know for example if someone says hey we have this super crazy niche you know dinosaur dating sim that we want to release for ps4 Sony's not going to now say, well, we think it's a dumb idea. We, we're not going to let you bring it out, you know, which that's a really, really big deal to me is, is because now we're not going to have that issue of certain games not being able to even make it over here in the first place. So that's exciting. So, you know, I, I, I think what I'm kind of happy about is that Sony kind of got their, their butt kicked this generation by Microsoft and that made them go back and say, how do we fix, you know, the problems we have with the PS3? How do we make things better? How do we create a better platform for, for games? And they're also really, really pushing the idea of getting a lot of indie stuff on their system, which that too I'm excited by. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am kind of excited about the PS4 and I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, having had the PS3 and Xbox 360 now for what? Uh, like, has it been eight years? I don't even know. Has it been that long? When did the... Cause I want to say... Wasn't the Xbox 2005? PS3. When did it... <laughs> uh, that's not what I want. Uh, PlayStation 3. Come on, trusty Wikipedia. The PlayStation 3 launched in America in... 2006 so yeah so um xbox 360 was 2005 yeah so it's been like eight years for this generation that's that's <laughs> way too long i'm bored i'm bored of these systems i'm gonna i'm gonna throw them in the trash you're part of the problem i am part of the problem <laughs> so i'm just kidding i know i'm excited i'm excited for them good uh, what I'm also excited by is people getting a chance to play great PS2 games that may have been lost to time or may now be way too costly for you to try to buy. And we've had a few examples of that recently. Um, first of which is Atlas just reprinted the Devil Summoner Raido Kuzunoha games for PS2. So this was uh, Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army, and Raido Raido oh my God Raido versus Raido Kuzunoha versus King Abaddon. Uh, these were kind of uh, going against the tradition of Devil Summoner games being like the three D quarter games or hardcore RPGs. These were more kind of action adventure games, kind of in the style of like a old school Resident Evil or Parasite Eve or whatever. Um, I really, really liked these, but the problem was, like a lot of Atlas games, you know, after a while, they came very hard to find and very costly to find, <laughs> but they just released them, so you can get them for like 30 bucks, or $35 each right now, so if you had wanted these and you have any interest, buy them right now before they get, become hard to find again. <laughs> And then, and there's a little note here that I'm going to check to make sure of, but I think it was only the first one. Um, Fatal Frame got put up on PSN, the PS2 game for digital downloading. 
Now, I was thinking that it was only um, the Fatal Frame 2. I thought it was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna check. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I know for certain that Fatal Frame Two went up. My only question is, did Fatal Frame One go up as well? Um, and again, I should have already known this. Uh, do That's Nomenaga's ambition. That went up recently. Wow, I didn't know that. Another great game. Uh, PlayStation Up Store update. Where is Fatal Frame? Uh, oh my! You're wow. You're right. Oh, it's not Fatal Frame <laughs> two. Oh, oh, that's so point for Anne. Yeah. Oh, it's the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It is the first Fatal Frame. You are correct. Only the first one. Oh. Well, I'm not as excited now. Oh. But that, that's still cool. <laughs> Uh, I haven't played the first one. I've played the second one. So I, I guess that's good for me. I love the second one. Too bad they didn't bring over the Wii release to the US, huh? Yeah, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> you jerks. Uh, yeah, like, it's 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 funny because I, I, was, I was under the impression for a while that Nintendo actually owned the rights to Fiddle Frame now, but they don't. Good. They don't. No. Oh, I thought they did. It's they own the rights to the games they help br bring out, such as Fatal Frame Four and the remake of Fatal oh. Frame Two, but they don't actually own the entire franchise now. So good. that's good because that means that we might <laughs> get Fatal Frame Two and Three someday put up, and then this week they put up RPG Maker Three, huh. which I I love this. I I love like just the fact that because. With the PS1, it felt like they were going after just the really, really big names stuff, you know? But with the mm -hmm. PS2 downloads, it feels like they're going after the really super niche or cult classics or hard-to-find games. So that's, that's neat. So I was wrong. Anne was right. <laughs> um, and then finally, our new section, uh, Liber Liberation Maiden, which was one of the games that was part of a Japanese 3DS release called Guild 01 that came out here as a, an individual uh, 3DS eShop download. It is getting a sequel, and the sequel is on PS3, and it's going to be a visual novel. That's interesting. That is a very interesting announcement. And if you have not played the, the Guild 01 games, uh, they will be on sale from April 18th until May 30th on the 3DS eShop. So Liberation Maiden, which is usually 8 bucks, will be $5. Arrow Porter, uh, which is usually 5 will be 3 And Crimson Shroud, which is normally 8 will be 5 And I think, Brian, you were saying that you're going to pick Crimson Shroud, Crimson Shroud up now? Because I am. I am. I've been dragging my feet, so <coughs> might as well do it now. It's, it's good that you drug your feet, see? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully whereas still like I bought it earlier, haven't played it, and <laughs> now I wish I had waited. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, now I'm thinking. I I know everybody's kind of ripped on it, but I, the originally I really wanted Aeroporter, but maybe I'll get that. May, I could get them both and say that I spent yeah. the same amount that I would have spent on Crimson Shroud. Yeah, it's like you know a woman buying a dress 
on sale for 200 instead of 800 I don't know, whatever. I don't know what... what? You know, like on sitcoms, how the, the female... Oh, I don't know why I'm saying this. The, the character will go out shopping and, you know, I was going to buy this dress for 800 but now it's 200 so I have 600 more to spend. Or, oh, okay. I, I don't know. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, no, that, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense now. Hmm. That's a very expensive dress. Yeah. Um, that I can't afford. Uh, <laughs> and what did you think of Crimson Shroud? Well, I just said I haven't played it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I bought it. She I bought it. She loves the cover art. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought I heard you say you played it a little bit is what I thought you'd say no they, I just loaded it up I was happy to see that you can switch between the Japanese and English uh, text which I thought oh. was cool and that's good for you Brian you can practice <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know if you can do it in the game or if you have to start up a new game and it's in Japanese or in English hopefully it's an option you can change from the menu each time yeah. you load your save but I'm not sure about that as I yeah, but I might pick 3DS. up. Sorry. Which one might you pick up? <laughs> I was thinking I might pick up Liberation Maiden, but I don't know. Mm. See, that's another one it. that people have been all over the board about. It kind yeah. Of scares me. Crimson Shroud. Let's see if you can change Japanese. I. I... <clears throat> Crimson Shroud was weird. I think I talked about it before on the show, but it was weird because, like, I love the concept of it. I didn't completely like the execution, but it's a really, really interesting idea. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that for, for what, uh, five bucks? I think, I think it's a $5 game. You can't go um, wrong. Yes, you can change language whenever you want. Huh. Oh, good. So there you go. So. So have, have you played, um... Liberation Maiden, Shidoshi? I have not. Oh, okay. I have only we played have nobody Prince to tell us whether but it's good or not. I'll, I'll probably buy it, you know, just to have it. Because <laughs> I don't have enough games I haven't not played right. yet. Well, you need to get ready for that uh, visual novel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look at all these 3DS games in my 3DS I haven't played. <laughs> to. Look at all them, yeah. Haven't opened you, haven't opened you. Yeah. Haven't finished the... you. Haven't <laughs> played you. I beat you. Okay, that's that's at least I'm getting a little little ways. Um I beat you. I <laughs> That's even my problem with boxed games at this point. Every you know, everybody's like, Are you getting soul hackers? And I'm like, My god, I still have like wrapped copies of Luigi's Mansion and uh uh, Atrian Odyssey 4 waiting for me. I don't need another one right now. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I still have my unwrapped copy of Soul Hackers on the, on the Saturn. <laughs> right. that I'm, I probably I have would. a line to get to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of playing games is our section called Cheerleading, which we come on here and hopefully cheerlead for a game. Because if we're talking <laughs> about it, hopefully we actually did like it. Uh, and we're going to start off with Anne, who I know yeah. she's like this one. Uh, cause uh, yeah. she said it's only she said that it's one of the two games that she could own and that she wouldn't need any other games for the rest of her life. Oh, Something you like remember that. that. I said <laughs> the year, not life. <laughs> yes. Uh and what what game am I talking about? Uh you would be talking about Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate uh which I have been very enthralled with since it came out. Um when was it? La- end of last month. Uh, I wasn't quite sure I was going to pick it up. 
And then everybody was tweeting about it, and I was reading about it, and it just seemed really cool, and I've been wanting to play Monster Hunter for a really long time. I actually own Monster Hunter Tri for the Wii, as well as Monster Hunter Freedom Unite for the PSP, <laughs> so I have two other games in the series, but no, I had to go and buy the new one and play the new one with everybody else. <laughs> so, uh, But luckily, I'm very much enjoying it. Um, it's a difficult game to talk about because, it, I don't know, everybody has kind of this perception of what they think Monster Hunter is, you know, and it's kind of notorious for being difficult to get into and not having uh, good systems in play to teach newcomers uh, what's going on. And I can say that's true, but... Uh, I wouldn't say I went in not having any idea what was going on, but I did, I did a little reading uh, and talked to a few people, but I very much just, you know, went into it and just said, you know, well, I'm going to just try it out and let it all wash over me and see what happens. And that's what I've been mostly doing, except for here and there, I'll ask for some tips on something I'm not quite sure about, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, I'm only 13 hours in. Which is not very far at all, <laughs> considering the game can go for hundreds of hours. And I'm told that the first few hours of the game are the worst to get through because they're the most boring. But that when it gets more exciting, it also gets a lot more difficult. And so I might run up to this wall where I might find it get really hard all of a sudden. So I'm not sure if when that happens, I'm going to be like, oh, I hate this game. Or if I will say... <laughs> Oh no, I really love this game, I'm going to figure it out and trudge through it. So, yeah, take my opinion with a grain of salt, I guess. But I'm really enjoying it so far. <laughs> it's it's really weird that, like, too many times we seem to say that, that same line, is the fact that, oh, the first couple hours are really boring. Like, Japanese games have a weird thing about that, you know? Yeah. Like, like the first couple hours would be really boring, and then it gets interesting. Like, why why is that? Well, I'll be honest, I'm not really sure why people say the first few hours of Monster Hunter are boring. I, my impression is that because you're, people think if you're not killing the big, scary dragon monsters that it's boring. But for me, I, I've enjoyed all, all 13 hours so far. I wouldn't tell somebody, you know, oh, you got to wait until you get 15 hours in and you can go out and kill this big monster and then it becomes fun. I mean, I, I like exploring the areas. I like gathering honey, you know, <laughs> I mean, I like doing all the kind of uh, like minuscule tasks that I think some other people would think are grindy or are just too boring. You know, I think a lot of people are into the instant gratification of, oh, I'm just going to pick up this game and soon I'm going to be killing stuff and it's going to look so cool, you know, so maybe that's where it comes from. I mean, it, it, it is a bit slow, but I think you have to be the kind of person that just really appreciates the atmosphere of the game and appreciates the sort of uh, slow build. And if you like that, then it won't be boring, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have gotten as far as making my character. That's where I've gotten to in Monster <laughs> Hunter 3 United. Uh, which version do you have? Uh, 3DS. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm playing. Um, I'm not playing with the circle pad, so the controls are a bit wonky, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I might pick up a circle pad pro sometime. I don't know. It's it's kind of ridiculous that the 3DS version is not online, I think. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a real shame. And Monster Hunter 4 for the 3DS I hear will be online, so that's yeah. But that who knows if that'll ever come out in English or if it does, it'll be years from now. So <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I like 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 we were saying earlier about. Um, wow, I'm blanking. Uh, uh, oh my god, the game that's going to come out here. We weren't sure if people would care or not. Oh, Umihara Kawase. Yes, 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 yes. I yeah. I wonder the same thing about Monster Hunter. Like. Mm. I, I feel like there's like a very devoted small fan base here, but I, I wonder if the games do well enough to really make it worth, you know, Konami's while. I think Capcom, uh, Capcom, Capcom's while. Yeah. I think Try on Wii did well, but I uh, it'll be interesting to see how the 3DS and Wii U game do, I think. Because that was, a, I think it was kind of a special circumstance. I don't know. Yeah. You would think the Wii U one came at a good time, at least mm. for Monster Hunter, because nobody with Wii U has anything to play. <laughs> so maybe there are people that'll just pick it up because they're desperate. Yeah, really. Hopefully, you know, that would translate to they pick it up because they're desperate and actually end up liking it. And then, you know, you've got new fans. But yeah. who knows, I guess. They have to wait and see. And then, and then, I would... and then it's weird how, like, you can play multiplayer, like, if you have a. Uh, 3DS in the same room as the Wii U. Yeah. Yeah, that's so helpful because, you know, everybody that has a 3DS also has a Wii U, just like <laughs> me, you know? <laughs> Actually, I will say, I, I'm kind of thinking about buying a Wii U just so I can play Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember our last podcast, I said, oh, I'll buy a Wii U when there's a game I really want. And, uh, and I'm trying to get my husband to play Monster Hunter with me, and even though I have two 3DSs, he says, no, I'm not going to play it on the 3DS, but if we had a Wii U, I would play it on the Wii U. Oh. So. Well, so uh, there, yeah, because there you go, because then he could play the Wii U, and you could play the 3DS version. And Yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can justify buying a Wii U for one game, but yeah. <laughs> would it's be a... nice. I'd like to go online, because as it is now, I'm just playing single player, and everybody says the game, you know, it's so much better with other people, so right. I feel like I'm missing part of the experience. My we'll my see. rule is always three games. You have to have three games you want before you buy a system. <sighs> that's a good rule. All right, that's a good rule. <laughs> so, uh, so re- recommended to people, Monster Hunter. I Hunter's would. Game? Yeah. Uh, then I guess sticking to the same little system, <laughs> uh, Brian, you have a 3DS game you wanted to talk about. Yes, and, and I'm going to warn everybody right now that I'm kind of, um, I'm breaking the rules tonight. <laughs> I was oh. just, I just established, I just I know. reestablished our rule for what this, this yeah. segment is, now you're breaking it. But I'm not even, break, I'm breaking it for this segment and the next segment, but I'm just giving you fair oh warning. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so, so, but I will say, this is, it's a half cheerleading, it's not totally negative or totally positive. Um, my game is Harmonite for the 3DS, and the reason I'm talking about it, even though I'm somewhat down on it, is that, I don't know, it's a, it's a new game, I think it's been talked about quite a bit, um, I think people are interested in it, and I don't know, so I just thought people might want to hear about it, um, and if you don't know what it is, it is made by... The, it's an eShop game made by the folks from Game Freak who are responsible for the Pokemon games. 
um, and it's a rhythm-based platformer uh, with pretty much all of the stages being like um, uh, forced scrolling, I guess. I mean, you're, you're just con constantly moving through the environment and you just have to hit jump or, or hit to hit something in the background or an enemy. And uh, it's all set to music and most of your jumps and hits are, are to the music. Most is a keyword there. Um, and so anyway, I mean, like, as soon as it was announced, I was obsessed, not obsessed with it, but I, I loved the art style, I love rhythm games, um, so I thought this is going to be the game that I am going to play for a hundred hours because I'm just going to love it so much, and I have to say, even though I really liked aspects of it, I really hated aspects of it so far, um, and I just, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. Like I'm playing a level and I love it and I'll keep playing the stage over and over and then I'll get to like five more that I just like, all I want to do is finish the stage and move the hell on to the next one because I can't stand it anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't, and, and now the funny thing is after I beat it, um, when I beat it, I was actually like, I'm never playing this game again. I hate it. Um, and then I started playing the, there's like, I don't know if I'm spoiling things, but there are, I think, seven post-game stages that you get access to. Um, and I've actually liked every single one of them. And in fact, even though I whined on Twitter today that I've spent at least two hours on the last stage, I actually like it, even though I can't beat it. <laughs> and even though every time I, I, you know, end up losing, which is inevitable, and I, you know, stomp and swear and want to throw my 3DS at the wall, I'm still enjoying it. So... I have no idea. I mean, I like the game. I hate the game. I would say my biggest issue with it at this point in terms of recommending it, though, is it's expensive. So, yeah. I don't know. I personally, at $15, I would have a hard time recommending it to people unless they are completely obsessed with the genre. Because, it to me, it just... I, I beat the game in three hours. I don't know if three hours for $15 is really worth it in my book. Um, and I do think it's frustrating. So I don't know. I, um, it's interesting that I, I actually completely understand your, your mixed feelings on this. Cause I was the exact, I was the same way. Yeah. Um, it's like the game is, is really charming and it's really cute and I like the graphics and I like the idea and I like how it plays. I think it plays great. Yeah. But like for me, there were, there were kind of two problems with it, um, and they both come back to you know what what is a music rhythm game? I mean, because it, it's a, it's it's an action game, it's a platform game, but it's also a, a rhythm game. And for me, there's two things I think about when I think about rhythm games: either there's a real level of challenge to them, or they're games where I completely love the music and I want to play mm. it for the music. And this game has neither one of those for me. <laughs> um, the, the stages are like, you know, I mean, the first time you play through it, it'll be it'll be a little tricky, but they're never really hard. And there's never really that constant, I've got a hit, hit, jump, hit, slide, hit, jump, you know, kind of thing that I'm kind of used to from like the, the more developed music games. But then just like the the music isn't great. Like it's it's there and it does, it serves its purpose for the stages. But there were almost no tracks that I really thought like, wow, I would I would want this on my MP3 player or I would like want to go back to the stage over and over because I love this track. Huh. I mean, th there were a couple mm -hmm. that weren't bad, but I felt that in both those categories, like it just kind of failed me. And, and, and 
to have a rhythm game, you know, do poorly in both of those just isn't a good thing for me. Huh. Well, I mean, I will, I'll disagree with one thing in that I think I liked the soundtrack overall quite a bit. Mm-hmm. However, um, and, and I would say it grew on me over time, some of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but the problem is I think some of the music I actually like in terms of game music, but I think for a rhythm game, it doesn't work. Some of it, it just, yeah, it's for various reasons. It didn't work like, uh, I don't know. There are a couple worlds that just, I completely hated like the rock world, I think was one of them. Um, I actually thought to me the the first music you hear, like the first, I don't even know what the hell the stage is called, but the first world you're in, um, I, I thought that was the best music in the game, and then it just kind of goes downhill from there. It was because yeah. at first it's catchy and it has a beat to it, and then later on, uh, I don't know. Um, so I liked the music, but I didn't think it was totally suitable. And I also thought I don't like even though I think some of it was really easy, there was some of it to me that was just really. Most of the times when I was frustrated or I had a hard time, I didn't think it was because my sense of rhythm is bad. I thought it was just because they were being cheap. You yeah. know, like throwing things at you and I couldn't get any sense of like, where yep. is the rhythm here? Yep, yep. Um, and, and so I just felt like they they needed to either clean up those levels or get rid of them or I don't know. And to me, they almost ruined the whole thing for me in terms of making me enjoy it at all. So I don't know. I'd have a hard time recommending it to someone and then they play it and they're like, well, what the hell were you talking about? It? You know, <laughs> I broke my 3DS because of this game, so... <laughs> Like, like, I think what I, what I kind of explained as I thought the game was, like, I think it's a, I think it's a fun game for somebody who's a very casual player. Mm. And, you know, if, if you're not really a, a music rhythm game player, you know, or if you're not really, like, super into action platforms or anything, I think it's cute. I think it's got a, it's, it's charming and it, it's, it's fun and it's, it's got, the music does what it needs to do. So, you know, I, I think it's like if you're a casual player, you know, you were saying about the price and that, that, that's a good point. Yeah. But if we're not looking at the price, I think just as a casual player, I think you could kind of enjoy it. But I think that if you want any kind of real level of challenge or connection to the game, I just don't think it does that. Hmm. But <laughs> Well, this is all very interesting to me because I haven't bought it and I was kind of on the fence. But uh, I don't know. Don't I think, think I will. Wait. <laughs> Well, and it's it's a real shame too, because this is this is Game Freak. You know, they're 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 yeah. known for Pokemon. They don't get a lot of chances mm-hmm. to do side stuff anymore. But when the last time they did, they did um, Drill Dozer, which was a fantastic game. Yeah. And you know, I just I I kind of I really wanted, really wanted more from them. Well, and you know, thinking about that, it almost and I know it wouldn't work the same way because you'd have to change the structure and the name and it, but. I, I liked everything about it so much that it would almost just work better as a regular platformer if they had just used the characters and the mm. levels and made a straight up platformer without the music. I think it would have worked better, but because mm. too late, too late. <laughs> well, then for my cheerleading, we are going to stay on the 3ds. This is an all 3ds show, I guess. <laughs> um, and I'm going to talk about a game that I am just finishing up right now, and that is Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. Um, this originally came out on the Saturn way back in the day, and then uh, there was a PlayStation 1 version of the game, and as I alluded to earlier, 
Atlas originally wanted to bring the the PS1 version to America, but Sony said no. They were not interested in that game coming out here. So we never, ever got Soul Hackers in English. And I, it's been... Uh, so, yeah, it was 1997. So what is that? 2007 would be 10 years. So, yeah, about 15, 16 years. So it's... 15 plus years later, I finally get to play this game in English. <laughs> and it's it's interesting going back to it because, I mean, this this is a 3DS remake of the game. So there are, are a few pieces that have been cleaned up, a few things that have been, you know, changed or added to whatever. But for the most part, you're you're playing this game that came out in 1997. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, but I was really surprised at, at how much this game holds up. Uh, it's, you know, if you've played any of the other kind of like mainline Shin Megami Tensei games, for example, uh, Strange Journey came out on 3, uh, 3DS not too long ago. Um, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is coming out for the 3DS soon. And then you've kind of got the Etrian Odyssey series from Atlas, which kind of does the same kind of things in some ways that the Mega Ten uh, first-person 3D dungeon crawlers do, you know. So you've kind of got this feeling of what Atlas games like this are. But what's interesting is this isn't as much about the dungeon crawling as it is the storyline. So there's there's more storyline and a little bit less of the hardcore, long, drawn-out dungeon kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, and it plays along. It plays around a lot with ideas that. Now might seem a little quaint, but back in 1997, which were probably pretty crazy. For example, there's this thing called uh, Paradigm X, which is a virtual world that you can enter like an MMO, you know. And now we're, that doesn't surprise us at all. But back in the game, back in the day, it was like, you know, oh my god, in inside the game, there's a virtual game you can enter into, and it's another <laughs> world, you know, and it's connecting these people together. And they're oh, they're at a a virtual beach. This is so exciting to them, and, and all this kind of stuff. Um. But yeah, you know, it, it it surprisingly holds up more than I thought it was going to. And the storyline's still interesting. It's still fun. It it continually is doing new and different things to kind of keep your interest. Um, it's still got the, like a lot of Mega Ten games do, it's got the hardcore demon fuse, fuse, fusing. And, um, you know, you get to talk to demons and get them to come onto your team so they are your partners. The One of the most interesting things about it is in battle, you always have six um, six character slots, but two of those are your actual player characters. So the other four have to be the demons that you uh, recruit. Hmm. But the thing is, is there's different types of demons. There's um, some that don't like fighting. There are some that like only like to use magic. There are some that do like fighting. There are some that kind of will take your orders. And so each demon has a certain kind of like personality to it. And if you, so in combat, you can either say, you can tell them that they can do what they, they want to do, or you can give them an order. And if you give them an order, like let's say you have a healer demon and you tell her, I want you to, to fight. Well, she doesn't want to fight. So if you tell her that she, she might do it, but then she'll get mad at you. <laughs> Or if if her loyalty is too low, she might not even do it at all. So it's this really interesting dynamic where you have these four partners that you 
can kind of control, but you also can't control them. Uh, so a lot of times it's just like letting them do their own thing and then hoping that they're going to kind of help you in the way you want them to help you or finding ways to convince them to do what you want them to do. So it's got a lot of really interesting dynamics like that. And, you know, it is an old game. It is a 15-plus-year-old game. Um, so in some ways it doesn't hold up, and you have to kind of know that going in. But I think that if, if you, you know, if you like the Shin Megami Tensei games, you're, you're going to play this anyway. But if you want something that's kind of different and and you are into the dungeon crawling but also the the fun um, storyline stuff, it's it's a really cool game. Uh it's, I hate to say, but it, it is on some level a little bit hard to completely suggest just because if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of money to spend and there are so many gaming options out there that I think part of me would kind of say, well, you know, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is coming out very, very soon. And that would probably be a much better game play game, you know, or, or, Etrian Odyssey and things like that. So it is kind of one of these niche games where you have to be in the mood for something like this or you have to be a real fan of the series. But if you are either one of those, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. so that means that it is time for our final segment of this podcast. <laughs> the nichiest of them all. And as usual, Anne is going first. Ah, all right. Started <laughs> off, you know, on a, a low note, and then you know, you guys can pick it up after me. Oh, mine, mine, no, mine is bad. You're gonna, you know it. I'm, I'm picking at straws here because I don't have many more games that I <laughs> can do. <laughs> but okay, okay. So, uh, this is embarrassing. Okay, the game is called Draglade. Oh. Well, I can tell you right off the bat, I do not know what it is. Uh, do you want the system? Will that help? Yes, please. The system is Nintendo DS. Drag like Can you spell it? How do you spell it? <laughs> it is not D-R-A-G-L-A-I-D, which would be really <laughs> funny, but it's actually L-A-D-E. Yeah, so like, like Dragon and Blade put together, I think. <laughs> now, is it... I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a guess, and I, I don't know exactly, but I c- think I might kind of know. I think this is one of those games like um, Yu-Gi-Oh or Beyblade or one of those kind of like kids franchise things where it's some sort of gimmicky something or other that has to do with competition and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Because I, 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 I know I've heard the name, but I cannot recall offhand what it is. Okay, well, that's a good guess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Brian, do you have a guess? Oh, well, I, I have never heard of it. I don't know why you thought it was a lame resp- uh, uh, no. option. Cause well, I... when, you hear, when you hear, you know, more about it, uh, you might know why I think it was an well... easy pick. But I'm glad to know that you guys don't know it. <laughs> I'm going to say that it is... Uh, crazy taxi, uh, wannabe featuring dragons, <laughs> and there are swords at the end of the cars, and you race around town and try not to run into each other. Wait, wait, h- how do dragons come into this? 
Because they're driving the cars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that game is, but I want to play that game. Okay. Well, someday <laughs> if I can ever make a game. <laughs> and? Okay. Well, you're, you're both kind of wrong, but I think Shidoshi is more right. <laughs> I hope so. Brian, unfortunately, so that would be an amazing game and probably more interesting than this game. But uh, so... Uh, Draglade is a DS game that came out in 2007 and was published by Atlas, which is why I would have thought you guys you had heard of it because you know Atlas. I know they do a lot, but you know we're all very familiar with their stuff. So, um, but it is a rhythm fighting game. No. So. It it doesn't have any gimmicky, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh has, what do they have, cards, or there's Beyblade with the, what are these, spinning tops or yeah. something. I don't know anything about Beyblade, but yeah, it doesn't have any tying stuff like that. As far as I know, it is just the game series. Uh, only the first one came out in English, but there was a sequel in Japan, and... Yeah. It's a straight-up fighting game. Like you, you know, you have a roster. This there's only four playable characters from the in from the beginning, and I think you unlock a few more as you play through the story mode. But um, it's just fighting with the uh, what are the words I'm looking for here? <laughs> you know, fighting with the you know the buttons. It's not really a touchscreen game, which I originally thought it would be, since it's labeling itself as a rhythm fighting game. But the only real rhythm that comes in is you can execute a special type of combo attack when you're fighting that you trigger by doing a rhythm-based attack. Oh. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, you're fighting normally and, you know, executing normal combos as if you're playing something like Street Fighter, just say. And then you can hold down the L trigger uh, and this special window will pop up and it'll have beats. And if you execute your attacks at the right beat, then you will make, like, a super combo and that will deal massive damage. Hmm. And yeah, huh. that's it. It's I I just picked it up on a whim because it's like very yeah, it's very like Yu-Gi-Oh, Beyblade sort of Saturday morning cartoon style and it's very cheesy. I mean the the um fight fight style that all the characters are using in the game is considered the world's most popular sport that is known <laughs> as rapping. And just seeing the word grapping on the screen, you, you think about it, you're like, oh, really? <laughs> Who is translating this and who saw the idea that putting all of these words together was good? But it's, you know, surprisingly endearing, even though the gameplay is, uh, it's all right. Um, the, each character, each of the four main characters has a story you can play, and they can be beaten in about two or three hours, I think, apiece. And then there's like you online where you just fight other people, and there's you know you can do a versus um, CPU battles and very much standard kind of fighting game stuff. And so it doesn't really succeed as a fighting game, but it's just a weird concept. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty interesting. But so, yes, that's my pick. So are the, there are no dragons? 
As far as I know, there are no dragons. <laughs> I don't know why it's called Draglade. Are there Maybe? swords? Yeah, uh, each character has a... I have to look at all these words to figure <laughs> out what they're called. Each character has a glade, oh. which is what they use for grappling. <laughs> I can't even talk about this with a straight face. <laughs> but it's like a glade is this thing they stick on their arm. And then they it materializes some kind of weapon out of rhythm matter for them. And each person has a unique weapon because based on their personality, it will form or something. I don't know. So maybe somebody somewhere like the most uber character has a dragon. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I I I feel like I might. Oh my gosh! Um, I feel like I might have heard this before, and I'm looking at the screenshots, and I might have seen it, but I it totally got wiped from my memory. Hmm. I'm gonna go look up videos when we're done talking because I have to see what it looks like. But to be to be fair, there was there was like eight thousand DS games that came out. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. Here here's where the dragway comes in. The president of some of the evil corporation that you have to fight is wants to co create the ultimate glade which is called the dark drag glade <laughs> <laughs> so, oh boy. Yeah, apparently i never got to that point <laughs> i just kind of you know fuzzled around with it a bit and i like how when you start the story mode you can actually choose you choose which character you're going to pick and then you can pick which color they are which for some reason seems a bit novel to me i guess in a fighting game you can always you know choose the colors of the outfits but just the way this game is set up it's very interesting to watch your little character run through story sequences but like i picked a bright magenta color <laughs> set so it's like this little boy but he's like bright pink <laughs> yeah it's, it, i don't know if i think it goes for like 12 bucks now I, you know it'd be worth puttering around with it if you like DS games, but I wouldn't really recommend it for being an awesome game. Drag laid. Um, mm. You can find it used for six ninety nine. Oh, even so, better. And there was a Drag Laid 2 in Japan, but we never got it here in America. Mm. Yeah, which I hear that that one was quite improved gameplay-wise. There's a glitch in the, this one that I haven't tried it, but I was reading about it. Apparently, if you face away from your opponent when you're fighting AI and you use an attack that does damages on both sides of your character, there's a glitch in the AI where they literally will not attack and they will just stand there and let that attack hit them every single time. <laughs> so if you want to just whiz through the battles, you just turn in the opposite direction and cool. keep doing spamming those kinds of attacks. And instant win <laughs> there you go <laughs> hmm. uh brian it is your turn <laughs> so i am going to have a little disclaimer at the beginning um <laughs> <laughs> as apparently i do before everything i say um i am i go through little obsessions from time to time you know like i'll have a three-week obsession with the pc engine and then i'll have a three-week obsession with the psp or whatever you know so right now I'm going through a PS1 obsession, which means I'm just, 
you know, obsessively buying and looking up games for the PS1. I don't know why. Um, and this game recently came to my attention, and I just thought it was the greatest sounding game ever. So I literally bought it this weekend. I don't even have it yet. It's being shipped. But um, mm. so, oh, and the reason I'm breaking the rules is it's not an American game, but it's a oh Japanese. I know it's a <laughs> Japanese game, but it doesn't have a Japanese name. It has a fully accessible name. Um, you actually, well, I won't say anything more than that. Uh, and <laughs> it is called Shake Kids, and it was released in 1998 by a publisher I've never heard of called On Demand. For the PlayStation Shake one. Kids. Yes. I've. Oh. I feel like I've heard of it, but I I can't picture it at all. You probably have heard of it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess that it's a simulation where you you run into people's houses and you grab their little children and you shake them <laughs> and you see you see how much you can shake them before they die so oh. if they die it's like the game over but you get points for how much shaking you do to them uh, i don't even know what to say <laughs> let's go to ann uh, wow all right i don't know how to pull that up <laughs> Um, yeah, I have no idea what it is, though. Um, just because it has shaken in the name, I can't get, uh, what is it, WarioWare, Wario Shake Dimension oh. out of my head. Yep. So, I'm just, I don't know what I'm imagining, but something that has to do with Wario, even though I know that's not what it is, I can't even, how can I follow up Shidoshi's <laughs> guess with anything? <laughs> I'll just throw in the hat now. <laughs> it has shaking in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I mean, you're, you're on the right path, at least. Um, it is, uh, uh, I guess, 2.5D platformer. Um, and the, I have no idea why, but the, the, the hook of it is that you play as one of two kids that runs around the environments and you have a cocktail shaker that you throw <laughs> at your enemies to, you know, to I, I kind of, uh, stun them. And then you, if you stun enough of them, you open up the cocktail shaker and suck them in. And then you go to a special area where you like a disco floor and you shake them until you kill them. That makes perfect sense. So, so you see why I bought it. Yes. How can, and you know what the funny thing is? It, like everybody, anybody who Googles this and looks at it will say it is the ugliest game you've ever seen. But for some reason, I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's so adorable. And, the, you know, they have little shakers. How can you not uh, a, a platformer <laughs> with cocktail shakers? I mean, it was meant for me, I think. It's it's teaching kids early the joys of alcoholism. <laughs> Right. And, oh, and also, I think like the the bad guys, and also like your mentor, they're all like giant cocktail shakers with you know mustaches, and um, I don't know. I mean, how it hasn't been deemed the greatest PlayStation game ever, I don't know. But and I haven't even played it yet, so how can I say that? But I'm sure I'll love it as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> this is really, really weird. Well, it is nichiest of them all. Yes. It is a perfect fit, <laughs> but you are disqualified because it was not released. I know, I know. 
But it was worth bringing people's attention to it, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at screenshots now, and it is it is indeed very ugly. <laughs> it's ugly. It is amazingly ugly. But it kind uh, of... Oh, never mind. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, for some reason, I think I'm attracted to it because it reminds me a little bit of a Saturn game called Clockwork uh, Clockwork Knight. I mean, really? Which, you, think, you think so? Well, I mean, Clockwork Knight was prettier on every aspect. But first, I don't know. There's something about it that it touches the same things in me. Did you ever play um, Napletail on Dreamcast? No, I wanted to. Yes. Same kind of thing? It's a, kind of like that, that 2.5D yeah. side-scrolling action game. But that's, that looks... It's really, really pretty and cute and yeah. everything. Yes, I, I, I have that. Um, all right, then I am going to go to my pick and let's type shake kids into the show notes here. This one you might, you guys might get. I don't know. I, I don't know how, how niche this one is. Hmm. Uh, but the title that I have this week, and it is for the PlayStation 2 and the Nintendo GameCube, is a little game called Ribbit King. I think I know what this one is. I, no, I, will, I will let Anne make the first guess. Oh, that's because you heard me groan with that. <laughs> oh, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is, or I can't remember. It's like in my memory, but <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. I'm sure if I Googled the you know cover, I'd be like, oh, yes, I've seen that. But I have no idea what kind of game it is, but it sounds like it'd be a platformer about a frog with a little crown on his head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. the obvious choice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Uh, Brian? Okay, so if if I'm right, I guess good for me, but if I'm wrong, I guess I'll sound like a complete idiot. But I, I have a feeling that, I have a memory that it is some sort of like golf-like game. Invol- I don't even know if it involves frogs. I just feel like it was. It was. It's not actually golf, but it's something like golf. Is that is that, is that your guess? Yes. You are correct. Yes. Oh. Ribbit, Ribbit King is the gripping tale of a sport called froth, <laughs> uh, where you basically put a frog onto a um, uh, what is that? Uh, not not a seesaw. What 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 is a seesaw? What, oh. The word. Uh, I what 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 do you call those things? Uh, I think that's right. Like a catapult? No. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. I guess it's more like a catapult, really. Um, and so you put a frog on a catapult, and you take this, this rubber hammer, and you hit the catapult, <laughs> and you send the frog flying, and you're basically playing golf <laughs> with with frogs. Wow. <laughs> and it has um this crazy cast of characters, and you are. To uh, you play a scooter to become the froth champion and win the coveted super ribbon knight. <laughs> the future of the planet depends on you. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you are playing froth to save your planet. Yes, it says uh, scooter is trying to become the froth champion and in doing so win the super ribbon knight. If you'll source his planet needs in order to survive. <laughs> The, the game also includes such characters as a pile of rocks, <laughs> a gumball machine, and a kung fu panda named Pan Pan. Uh, wow. It is... 
I, I love this game so much. I, I It's like one of those games that you can sit down with your friends and family and people who really maybe aren't into games so much. And it's just so silly and so cute and so crazy that you can have a lot of fun playing it. <laughs> um, I had the GameCube version, but I said I also know that it was on the PS2 as well. And either choice is equally wise, whichever one you want to go. I don't even know. Like, let's see. If you try to get it right now, let's go to Amazon and see how much Ribbit King... Ribbit King would uh, cost you. PS2, look at that. PS2 version, you can get used for $2.99. Wow. <laughs> the GameCube version you get used cheapest is $4.27. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those like really crazy games that could only have come from Japan. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and, and I definitely would suggest trying it if you can. I want to play it just to play as the pile of rocks. Yes, isn't that exciting? <laughs> you can play the pile of rocks frolfing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think unless there's anything else, I think that's the end of our podcast. I think, is, this, is this our longest one so far? No, I think it was one of our shortest. Yes, you're right, because oh. the last one we did was two hours and 15 minutes. Wow. Good. Well, uh, 139, 151, two hours and four minutes, uh, 144. So it's, it's not our shortest, but. Well, I think we filled it with a lot of niche goodness. Niche. Niche. <laughs> you can say niche too. I know. Right. I, don't, I don't think in real life I say niche. I don't, I never, I don't know. I never, no, no one says. No one. No one. Says <laughs> And does. Well, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> you got to wonder about those people. You know. Those Aussies. Uh, but I want to say before we go that we have an email address now. So oh. if you have anything regarding niche and or niche, 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 niche <laughs> games that you want to talk to us about, <laughs> Uh, questions, comments, whatever, or if you just want to say how awesome or not awesome we are, um, you can write to us at nichiest, that is N-I-C-H-I-E-S-T, at morningproject.com. That email address will be in the show notes. So send us email, please. Send us email so that we do not feel like we are wasting our poor, lonely, unused email inbox. <laughs> um, and then maybe we'll read it on the next show we will read it mm. but we will maybe if we are so kind and generous on the next show possibly read your email on air mm. but no guarantees because you know we're not that nice <laughs> so. um, anything else from you two or is that it that's good for me yeah then for Anne and Brian, this is Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of the Nichiest Podcast Ever.